knockoffs, copycats, imitators. They all share one thing in common. They always pale in comparison next to the true original, just like the stylish and versatile Lexus RX, the crossover that paved the way for others. And it's still the best for one simple reason. Nothing else is as good as the original. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Papa Hotel Lima Echo November Radio Check. Papa Echo November, good afternoon, uh, Ritu 5. Good afternoon, Ritu 5 as well, Papa Echo November. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm going to be your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio. Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com and our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. My first guest tonight is John Miller. He is an author of several books and talk show guest for numerous programs. His interest in understanding paranormal phenomenon began at the age of five after hearing his great-grandmother's tale of seeing a UFO shortly following the turn of the century. This story, as well as numerous other worldly encounters of his own, fueled his quest of the unknown. When he reached the age of 21, during the darkest time of his life, he was visited by Jesus Christ in a vision. Now, since that time, John has become a devout Christian and has since then been compelled to reconcile his faith with his beliefs 
in extraterrestrial life. He has uh, two associate degrees, a bachelor degree in business, and is currently pursuing a master's degree in screenwriting. He works full-time as a master sergeant in the Air National Guard. A couple of websites, ExoNation, www.aliensinthebible.com and www.aliensandtheantichrist.com. Joining me back here in the Exxon after a good length of time is John Miller. And John, welcome back to the Exxon. Super having you with us. Thank you for having me on. It's always great talking to you, John. Uh, first of all, on a totally different topic, I'd just like to thank you and the other members of the National Guard, uh, the the armed services, for a, for a wonderful job that you do in protecting democracy. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. John, um, UFOs, the Antichrist, is there more and more connection between extraterrestrials and, and the Bible and the Antichrist? Uh, I, I do believe that they are linked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible talks about something known as the strong delusion. Uh, it's mentioned in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses eleven through fourteen, and I think that's what it's alluding to. Really? Do you think we're in the end times? Uh, yes, I, I do believe we're in the end times. Um, but again, that is a pretty generic term, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've been in the end times yeah. for a long time. I, I guess so. I, I guess the end times started as soon as the beginning times ended. Yes. <laughs> John, you and I have to take a two-minute uh, two commercial break, but um, we'll be back. And when we come back, we'll be talking about your books, Aliens and the Antichrist and Aliens in the Bible. John Miller is our very special guest this hour, Exxon Nation, www.aliensinthebible.com. Dot com and www.aliensandtheantichrist.com. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. We'll return with my special guest this hour, John Miller. Don't go away.
Exo Nation, uh, John Mylers, our special guest this hour, and I apologize for the mispronunciation of John's name. It's not Miller, it's Mylar. And uh, John, uh, what was it that initiated your interest in the topic of extraterrestrials? Now, you, you said that when I was reading your bio that you had your own experiences, and I was wondering if you could share the pivotal experience in your life that set you on this path. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it was a collection of them. When I was five, my grandmother's encounter, which kind of got me interested in mm-hmm. unknown things. Uh, and then not too long after that, maybe I was five and a half or six, uh, saw some demons in my bedroom one night, um, and I was awake for several hours. They would not leave. They were tormenting me. Oh, gosh. Uh, and after that, uh, when I was 12, I had a vision of heaven, and again, uh, another vision of heaven when I was 21 that, that changed me. But, um... During all during my life, I suppose since I was five, I would always ask people uh, what was the most unusual thing that had ever happened to you. And uh, everybody always has a story, and it always fascinated me that, uh, you know, reality is, mm-hmm. is deceptively mundane. We, you know, we go from day to day, and we kind of get tricked into thinking that, you know, this is all there is, and, you know, and, but everybody's got a story. And I, so I was kind of curious to ask you personally, what's your story? Hmm. My personal story? Yeah, what's the most crazy, out-of-the-ordinary thing that has ever happened to you? Hmm. Jeez. Let Have you see. ever seen a ghost, for example? No, but I did, I have, I did see an angel. And uh, I saw the angel when my younger brother... Uh, this is going back many years ago, about 45, 50 years ago. No, it has to be longer than that. About 55 years ago. He was just a baby. And at the time, they were changing... uh, Baby food came in little cans. And uh, I guess my brother had some tainted baby food. They rushed him to the hospital. And, uh, you know, I was dropped off at my grandmother's where uh, everyone in the family congregated because everyone was expecting the worst. Anyway, in all the people that were there, I this this man caught my eye, and I was looking at him, and I, uh, something just came over me, like I knew everything was going to be okay. My grandmother looked at me, saw me st- looking somewhere where she couldn't see anything, and she said, what are you looking at? I said, I'm looking at that man. And as I said that, the phone rang, and it was my mother from the hospital saying that my brother was going to be all right. Wow. Now, over the years, the people that I've had the pleasure of talking to doing doing this show now for 21 years, the the experiences that have been shared with me, the stories I've heard, it's like everybody's coming to my microphone with a piece of the puzzle. And through the microphone and the radio, we're trying to put the jigsaw puzzle to the unknown together. And to me, it's an honor and a privilege to do this. Yeah. And see, that's exactly what I was going to get at by getting this story from you, is everybody has their story. Mm -hmm. And when you've been in that place once, you get this peak beyond the veil. 
and you realize there is something more. This is not all there is. It's like this is a piece of our existence, but there's something very, very big, and and we're being shielded from it. You know, maybe part of us knows, but mm-hmm. the conscious part of us doesn't know. But when you do see it, when you catch the glimpse or you hear it, you you catch a perception of it. It's addictive. It's like you want to know. Let me ask you, do you, do you believe, John, with all the research you've done, that the governments of the world are perpetrating a conspiracy to keep the truth from the masses about the existence of ETs and, and UFOs and, and things that we haven't even dared dream about yet? Uh, yes, I do believe that there's definitely... Uh, the government is not letting us know about extraterrestrials, and I, I have three reasons for that. Okay. Uh, one is mass panic. We already have on record what can happen to the public. I mean, mm-hmm. back when Orson Welles did his radio thing, people were jumping out of windows and stuff, and do that you, was just a radio broadcast. Do you think that was a test to see how the public would react? And based on it that test, been. the government would have either gone full disclosure or kept it mum like they have? It could have very well been a test. Yeah. Whether or not it was, mm-hmm. it was used as information, and it has been, I'm sure it's been quoted as uh, a source for what the public will do in the face of something like that. Definitely. Uh, the, the, next, the other reason is national security. Uh, our government doesn't want to admit that they cannot protect us. Uh, and when it comes to this kind of technology that that we have spotted, that we see in our outer atmosphere, we have absolutely no control over it. Uh, fortunately, for the most part, uh, it's leaving us alone. Mm-hmm. And my theory on that is that there is a higher power that is protecting us. And for any incursion into our atmosphere, where they come down and they, they manipulate or they interfere with us, that's, that's a disruption of the balance. And they're breaking the rules when they do that, and therefore they're opening themselves up to an attack from a higher power. So there's this sort of check, checkmate-type situation where they're kept in check by controlling powers that are even beyond them. Uh, and then, well, the third reason why the government might want not, uh, not want anyone to know about it is the fact that if it comes out, okay, these things are real, uh, any country that's going to have an alliance with some otherworldly power that has astronomical, unbelievable technology, mm-hmm. they're going to have the upper hand, uh, you know, as far as global power in this world. Uh, get your hands on some kind of otherworldly technology, and you would disrupt the balance. And so there's a vested interest to have kind of alliances with things that are out there, as well as preventing others from having those alliances. John, is it possible then, based on, once again, your experience, your beliefs, the work that you've done, that the angels and a lot of the biblical experiences that are portrayed in the Bible, from Ezekiel's wheel to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, were actually alien encounters? Uh, I I certainly do believe so. Um, I, I have made the leap that the Bible does talk about extraterrestrials every time it mentions angels. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people don't get the connection, but uh, the word heaven, 
uh, is also, it's referred to as the heavens. In Greek, it's oranios. In Hebrew, it's shamim. Uh, it's this phrase, this this term is mentioned 657 times in the Bible, and it's synonymous with outer space. Speaking of the heavens, you're talking about the sky, the abode mm-hmm. of the stars. Angels come from the heavens, so you're talking about an intelligent life form. Yep. The Bible directly states and tells us there are very powerful, intelligent life forms that have come here and interfered in the affairs of humanity. And they come from outer space. It was it? Wasn't this? I'm sorry. Wasn't it also mimicked in Greek mythologies? The, the, the temple built on Mount Olympus, and how the gods descended from the mount. Is this another, another way of early humanity trying to put some logic, some reason into the, the descent of these gods? Not, not just the Greeks. Uh, pretty much every yeah. ancient culture, both the well-known ones, such as the Greeks, the mm-hmm. Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Indians, uh, they all have an affiliation with the stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no mistake that they have a vast understanding of the cosmos. I mean, look at the Mayans. Their oh calendar gosh, was yeah. better than ours for yep. a long time. And their connection with the stars, I mean, part of the reason why they're so focused on the stars, and they, they associate the stars with the gods, to the point of drawing designs saying, you know, this group of stars represents this being, this group of stars represents that being. Uh, the Bible also uh, associates the term stars with angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read in Job chapter 38, the morning stars sang for glory. Uh, I think that the association with intelligent, powerful beings with stars is obvious. It's because they come from the stars. And all of these ancient texts, not just the Bible, but all of them, make this connection. It's only people that choose not to see it are not making this connection. I believe, John, that the Bible, well, we know for a fact the Bible was written by people who did not know the world as we know it today. And how would the Bible have been written if it was to be written today and the events of the Bible were explained with the knowledge we have today. How different would the Bible be? Uh, well, we could take out a simple term like chariot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in biblical times, the only things that they knew of that could fly were birds. Yeah. So you're going to associate, I mean, in your language, if you're talking about something that comes from the sky, you're going to associate it with wings of some sort. If you're talking about a vehicle of some sort, something that's people get in and it takes them from place to place, you're going to associate it with a chariot. Mm -hmm. If you're going to associate a type of locomotion with something, something that's moving around, you're going to probably associate it with a horse that's pulling it. So when they talk about sky chariots that the angels get in and get out of uh, in 2 Kings chapter 2, in uh, 1 Ezekiel and Ezekiel chapter 10, They're talking about vehicles that are flying in the sky that are pulled by horses made out of fire. All right, stand by, John. John, you and I have to take our news break. This is a conversation and a topic I love talking about, especially with somebody who knows what they're talking about like you do. Exonation, John Mylor is our special guest this hour. And we're going to be back uh, talking more about aliens in the Bible and aliens and the Antichrist. We'll be back on the other side of this news break. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The X-Zone. Don't go away. 
Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You're listening to the Exxon Radio Show with my good friend, Earthling Rob McConnell, live and around the world on Talkstar www.exxoneradio.com You're listening to the Exxon Radio Show live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. Exxon Broadcast Network. UK High Definition Radio. Euro High Definition Radio. And Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Welcome back, everyone. John Myler is our special guest this hour. Here's a couple of websites, www.aliensinthebible.com. That's www.aliensinthebible.com. And www.aliensandtheantichrist.com. That's aliensandtheantichrist.com. And, John, there are so many books and documentaries about UFOs and aliens What's the focus of your work that tells us something we haven't already heard? Uh, okay. Um, you know, sometimes I wonder if, if uh, all these books written about UFOs and stuff are the authors trying to convince themselves mm. that the stuff is real. Because they, they focus so much on things that we've already heard. Um, you know, crop circles, yep. cattle mutilations, yep. uh, expert testimony, blurry photos, you name it. Uh, my question is, um, what is any of that going to mean uh, the day that you walk outside and you see alien spacecraft in the sky? Are any of those books going to be of any value to you? I think not. not. Really. <laughs> and so, you know, my focus is, uh, I'm kind of beyond that. I, I'm pretty sure that they're real. Uh, so my focus is, what do you do about it? What, what's the implications of it? What does it all mean? How does it affect your faith? You know, if, if you're a believer, mm-hmm. uh, if you're not a believer, what kind, of, what kind of things might you expect to see in the future? What kind of deceptions might come along with this? Uh, where does the Bible talk about it? Because if the Bible is a message from God, shouldn't it say something about it? And uh, it turns out it does. It says a lot about it. So, you know, I, I'm focused on it because I think that has to do with the strong delusion that the Bible says is coming. You know, the title of your book gives the idea that aliens and the Antichrist are, are somehow linked. Now, John, is it your impression that all extraterrestrial life and UFO phenomena is somehow demonic or evil? Absolutely not. And see, here's why the delusion is so strong. 
the delusion will be a lot more powerful because it has more truth to it about extraterrestrials really being out there, really being on other planets. That part's true. Mm-hmm. So it gives the deception more weight. Uh, you know, it's kind of like if I told you nine truths and one lie, the lie is going to have a lot more power to it, right? Yes. And so that's that's why I think that strong delusion will be so strong. Uh, extraterrestrials, they really do exist. They really do come from other planets, other dimensions also. But they come from other planets and other dimensions. They come here in their spacecraft. They do stuff with people. Uh, they're here and they're real. Uh, but everything else the Bible says about them, that's true too. And, you know, as far as good angels, the Bible actually even tells us in Revelation 14:6 that there will be angels here in the end times preaching the gospel. Now, what that exactly will look like, I don't know. I mean, for all we know, they could be among us walking around. Mm-hmm. They could use technology. They can come here in spaceships too. Uh, they might be indistinguishable from what we would call an intergalactic species. But, you know, here's something that, that I've often pondered, that if God created man in his image, then would we not look like God and we would not be able to tell the difference between an angel and ourselves? Uh, I believe that the angels... Uh, Earth actually had an angelic civilization here once, long ago. Um it's it's a pre-Adamite civilization. You may have heard about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mentioned in Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14, uh, where it talks about Satan, his kingdom. He had a throne. He was a king. He had an angelic civilization if he was a king. He deceived a third of the angels. Uh, and so you had this entire civilization that was here, and it was destroyed. Uh, and all of this happened before Adam and Eve. So you had these beings here. What you know? What's what does the fossil record say about that? Uh, actually, a lot. Uh, these these beings that we call Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon, mm-hmm. both of which are an anatomically they're closer to each other. Their cranial capacity for both Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon is 10% larger than ours. So their physiology is the same as each other, but different from ours. I believe the Cro-Magnon and the Neanderthal were of an earlier order of creation, that these beings were part of Satan's, Lucifer's kingdom, that they were destroyed. But there were survivors, and that's what we see as angels today, the when, fallen angels. You know, when, when I've spoken to Zachariah Sitchin before he passed away, um, he, we talked about the Anunnaki, and we talked about the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, where do the Anunnaki fall into the big realm of things then? Are, are they mentioned in the Bible? Can they be perceived as, as um, angels within the Bible? Or is that totally two different pots of stew? Well, some people define them differently. Um, I believe the Anunnaki were the uh, Sumerian term that refers to the watchers, mm-hmm. uh, the Benai Elohim in the uh, Hebrew text. They're all the same beings. These are the ones that were with Lucifer. Uh, I believe that they were the Cro-Magnon, and uh. that, that they uh, were wiped out. But obviously some lived, and uh, you know the, the archangels, what we call archangels, are actually these beings. Uh, Lucifer was probably one of these beings. 
tell me about the Antichrist and, and where the Antichrist fits in to this entire scenario. You know, many people believe that we're in the times that are talked about in the book of Revelations with the great apocalypse coming in. And who knows, you know, with with uh, with North Korea t- playing around with nuclear weapons on rockets, uh, we may be closer to that than we think. Yeah. Uh, well, the Antichrist, he fits in. Uh, for example, uh, it says that he will use a delusion, a, de- a type of deception will, will uh, be with him that will sweep across all demographics, uh, people from every religion, people from all walks of life, uh, young, old, doesn't matter your ethnic, everyone will be buying into whatever deception it is that he's going to bring. And uh, I believe that this deception is just like that. Uh, it fits everything as far as a, a type of deception that pulls the rug out from underneath religion itself, because it, it buys into uh, evolution. I, anyone who uh, talks about extraterrestrials, I mean, the reason why Christians are so defensive about it is because they believe that if you can prove that there's life on other planets, that it gives a the upper hand to evolution, and my argument is that it doesn't. It just means God's creation includes other planets. Uh, and, you know, the, there's different ways to look at Scripture that they haven't thought of looking at before. But once again, uh, like I was saying earlier, John, when we look at the people who wrote the Bible and wrote the passages, their knowledge of the world as it really was and the possibilities was very limited. Very limited. Mm-hmm. So how can people 2,000 years later, with the knowledge that they have, still be kept or trapped by the thoughts, the writings of men so many years ago? Well, I mean, like one of the examples, uh, and I personally, I think that these ancient writers did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the book of Daniel, chapter 8, it talks about, uh, I don't see how you can see this any other way, it talks about stars coming from the sky, and that, and that uh, in the future that there's going to be war in the heavens, and the stars are coming down to the earth, and there's war, you know, and the Antichrist is involved in this war that, uh, from all intents and purposes, involves the stars. Well, could they have been so, talking about a meteor shower when they said the stars were coming from the sky, from the heavens? Uh, let me get the actual reference here, and I'll read okay. this. Okay, sure. Exonation, uh, John Myler is my special guest. Here's a couple of websites while John is uh, looking for the, uh, for the passage. www.aliensinthebible.com and www dot aliens and the antichrist dot com. Some of the books that John has written include Aliens and the Antichrist, Aliens in the Bible, The Eagle Star Prophecy, Apparition, and The Paranormal Christian. Uh, John, do you have that uh, that passage? I have it. All right, friend. Uh, Daniel eight ten uh, starts out, and it, uh, referring to the Antichrist, waxed great even to the host of heaven. And it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground and stamped on them. 
and he magnified himself to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away. And it continues on. Mm -hmm. But the words that I'm pulling out here are, okay, host of heaven. So uh, a host of heaven means that there's, there's a lot of living beings, that's the host, and are in heaven. So we're talking about beings that are coming down from outer space, because that's what heaven is. And it casts them down and of the stars to the ground. So if there's any confusion about, you know, well, heaven, host of heaven, mm-hmm. it, I mean, he reiterates host and of the stars, and they're cast to the ground, and he's stamped on them. So intergalactic or whatever, beings from other worlds are coming here. There's a battle that's going to be here, and it's going to be an Independence Day type scenario. That's what I read here. But and yeah, the, I, the Antichrist is going to overcome these invaders. But isn't it based on a person's perception, no matter what passage in the Bible they read, on how they take it? That's that's very true. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, when I look at this, I see life forms mm-hmm. associated with the heavenly realm, which is outer space. Uh, and every time I read about it, the Bible reiterates again and again. Uh, I mean, starting in Genesis 1.14, it says, here's what the heavens is. It is the abode of the sun and the moon and the stars. And then it goes on to use this term heavens, and it goes on to associate the fact that there's life in the heavens, the heavens are filled with life, and that these beings live out there. And I don't see how someone can see that and not understand that that means that there's life in in outer space. All right, I, I understand where you're coming from, John. But when it was my impression that when the Bible talked about life in the heavens, they were birds. Oh, so the Antichrist is fighting against birds? Well, I'm not saying that, but once again, it's a matter of perception. Yeah. And independent, you know, individual interpretation. John, let me ask you this. Um, have you caught any flack in the Christian arena for having the interest that you have? Uh, not actually like you have, definitely. Uh, I mean, as far as uh, asking questions mm-hmm. and things like that, uh, I haven't really. I've been blessed, actually, to be in a couple of different churches where questions are at least tolerated. Yeah. Uh, however, in the Internet realm, uh, I connect with people all over the place, and uh, to that extent, yes, I have caught some flack, uh, especially when I go looking for it. Um, I was on a creation website, for example, and my ideas that I'm telling you about, you know, how how can you even perceive of life in the heavens Mm -hmm. as being anything other than extraterrestrial life? Uh, How how is not an angel and extraterrestrial the same thing? I, I have a hard time even wrapping my mind around how they're not, whereas most people have to be convinced that they are. And so I, I was curious, uh, and I started a debate with this guy, uh, one of the main editors at Creation uh, uh, website, and this guy was, like, saying I was heretical and <laughs> going off on me. And I was like, wow, you know, I, you know this, is, this is a topic where we can yeah. maybe discuss it, but don't, don't condemn me, you know. Well, you know you you know you've ticked them off when you wake up the next morning and on your front door is an upside down crucifix and a dead chicken. 
hopefully that hasn't happened to you. Oh, uh, oh yeah, heavens. I haven't earned that, fortunately. Yeah. John, you and I have to take our final break for this hour. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Exxon. Always a great pleasure talking to you. Exxon Nation, John Myler and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. And uh, here's a couple of websites. Once again, www.aliensinthebible.com and www.aliensandtheantichrist.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with John Myler as we continue talking about aliens, the Antichrist, and I guess our own interpretation of the good books. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. John Myler is my special guest. Here's a couple of websites, www.aliensinthebible.com and www.aliensandtheantichrist.com. Now, John, you were telling me during the commercial break that all your books are available free of charge as downloads on your site. That's right. Wow. And uh, it, it was hard enough to write them. And uh, in addition to writing and doing all the research, uh, I, I paid an editor quite a bit of money on uh, Aliens and the Antichrist to help me get it as clean as I could. Uh, and I put it out there on my website as a free download. So that's not to say that I don't appreciate donations if anyone wants to send me something, but uh, these books are free downloads, and uh, you can always just go and get the whole thing if you want. Fascinating. Uh, my, yeah, my motivation for writing this was getting the information out. In your opinion, what is the most important piece of information that you can share with our listeners tonight? All right. The thesis of this book is that people understand that the difference between God and angels is vast. God is not a created being. God is the creator. And I am a Christian because Mm -hmm. I believe that God is the creator. He's not an alien. God is not an alien. And I believe that that's part of the deception that's coming. That if aliens can get people to believe that they created us, then they might be able to assume the identity of God, and that God is, you know, just one of them. 
Uh, and I believe that that's the deception that I am trying to overcome with this book. I'm trying to get people to understand. They need to understand that angels can be extraterrestrials and not violate Scripture. But God himself is not an extraterrestrial in the sense of being a created being. He's very unique, and he is the God of the Bible and the one who created humanity. Which leads me to the biggest question of all. Who created God? No one. He is the only non-created being in existence. And because of that, he's the greatest mystery of all. He sure is. He sure is. John, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you. Let our listeners know how they can find out more about you, your books, and so on. Uh, Okay. Uh, I'm easy to find. Uh, If you just type my name on the internet, John Myler, M-I-L-O-R, you can find some links on me and articles that I've written. Uh, I have some published articles on UFO Digest and Alien Seeker News, uh, in addition to my books. Uh, I usually put stuff out there for free. I also have a YouTube website. Uh, but all of these links are on my main website, aliensintheantichrist.com. So if anybody wants to read more or learn more or see videos or whatever, uh, or any of my new projects that I have coming up as soon as I'm done with my uh, screenwriting major, I uh, will definitely be posting them out there on my sites. John, thanks very much for joining us. Continued success, and um, don't be a stranger. Let's get to get uh, let's get back together again in the very near future. Thank you very much. Take care, John. Exonation. John Mylar has been my guest this hour, and uh, once again, his websites are www.aliensinthebible.com and www aliensandtheantichrist.com. Don't forget, all John's books are available online free of charge, but donations are appreciated. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Be back at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. Don't go away. Oh. 